DMV Sports Roundtable Podcast back. Chris Chion, Jamal Bowens, Frank Hanrahan. Lots to chat about. Let me just say first and foremost, guys, we'll get to the final four in just a second. Mm. But I've never been less interested in the start of a baseball season ever. Is it because of coronavirus? Is it because of my lack of just interest in the game? Why do I not care about this baseball season? It's probably COVID-19. Gian? Probably. Well, it could be the fact that we had a truncated season last year, and that kind of created a sense of urgency amongst these teams, and now we're back to the regular season. And uh, I also think it hurts, Frank, that we're a Washington, D.C. station, and uh, we all live in the area and cover the Nationals, and we don't have a series against the New York Mets because of COVID-19. More Mm. than a year later, this is still impacting sports. So Mm -hmm. I do think it dampens enthusiasm when we have stuff like this happen yeah and plus you can't go just five thousand can go to the game right right? yeah um but that (sighs) this is going to be an issue moving forward the it looks like until at least what the middle of the summer would you say until everybody gets vaccinated and everybody is i I don't know but not everybody's gonna get vaccinated You, 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 that's wishful thinking in your part, Frank. Uh, okay. That you think it's going to last to the, this is never, this, this is going to always draw been. out. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into a vaccination debate. We'll be here all day and night. <laughs> but, you know, it, I am personally disappointed uh, that we don't get the series against the Mets because with all the moves they made, the Mets are now the measuring stick in this division. Yep. And, you know, from what I've seen. Yeah, it's still the Nationals because they're still the, you know, World Series champions a couple years ago now. Right. The splashy moves have gone with the Mets. Yeah. So they're moving the meter on that level. For me, for the Nets, old man Zimmerman still has pop. Bell, him, Bell, and Schwarber have been great. And that's not even, you know, we're not even talking about Soto and Robles and Turner. And, and Josh Harrison, who had an excellent exactly. sport training. And then also, you know, you you option off, okay, Key Boom is, they sit him down for a minute. I still have a lot of faith that he's going to be good. And is it Garcia, the 20-year-old? I uh, might be 21 now. Might be legally of age. Uh, for what? I don't know. Anyway, he <laughs> mentioned that part. But he's he was good last year, and he is he's really stepped. I'm excited about him as well. So I think they. I'm excited about the Nets, but you know you guys watch more baseball than I do. If it's not the Nets, I'm not really watching it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's you know it's 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 regular. I'm disappointed that we don't get this series off the bat because this could be the two teams that decide this division. Mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping on Philly. And I'm, I'm not sleeping on Atlanta, but these two for me are at the top with the moves that the Mets made. Can't even sleep on the Marlins. I mean, if you think no, about no. it, they made the playoffs last year. And if you watched their opener, Sandy Alcantara, their opening day starter, he really shut down the Rays offense. It's just the Rays mm-hmm. have that incredible bullpen. They were able to hold the Marlins at bay offensively. No runs in that one. I think this division now this year is it might be the most – competitive or the most stacked that it's been in a couple years yeah because it's always been someone's been on the bottom 
it was been the Marlins. Uh, at one point in time, the Nationals were on the bottom. Philly fell off a little bit. Atlanta fell off a little bit. And so did the Mets. Now it seems like everybody is 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 coming full circle at the same time. This could be one of the most competitive, if not one of the best divisions of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly agree with that. It's just when are we going to see the Washington Nationals playing baseball? I yeah. don't know. It's mm-hmm. sad that this has happened, and we're that's the only series that's not going on this weekend due to COVID. Exactly. And after what? It's four players. Uh, right now it is four and like five are quarantining. Yeah, you um, get it's a couple staff members, and there's some right, right that are. And right. you're also they're mm-hmm. also doing tracing. So at first it was just uh, Thursday and Friday. We're expecting the game tomorrow. Now the whole series is off. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you don't know how long that's going to linger, because you could pick a positive test later on. You know, over the weekend, we could be sitting at. You know, ten players, or what? You know, it, it could escalate that quickly. Oh no, I would be terrified if I was on the yeah. team. Like I, I yeah. would be like, why are? Here's the thing, and this is what is sort of annoying to me. It's like we gotta hurry up and wait. There's so much of this. Let's get right back into it so quickly. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on the team, I'm like, slow down, man. Like I'm not, right. I'm not heading into that locker room. You know, the locker rooms. Those things are just. <laughs> I mean, it's a petri dish. Yeah, that's right. Games like you, you see the the Tigers game with all the snow. I mean, yeah. um, do you really need to be playing baseball <laughs> this early? You could have waited maybe until the NCAA. Let's let's yeah. let more people get vaccinated. And what's ironic too, guys, is that if I was a player and I had a chance to vote, like I guess the owners wanted to shorten the season, right? Like by eight games again, and the players, of course, want to get paid. So that's going to be something to look at. Will each team be able to get in the 162 i'm i'm i i'm, I'm, I'm guessing it. not yeah i'm guessing not unless they have to play it so statistically to make the, the playoffs right what are you thinking about that man 17 games coming yeah so the so that i Good Kamara coming out yeah. tweeting that uh you know it's it's ridiculous that they are going to be adding that 17th game um what do I think about it? Are you guys surprised? I mean, the NFL wants their money. They've been hinting at this for how many years now? Six, yeah, seven? More than that, yeah. That they wanted an 18 game? I mean, that we knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they tried to appease to the players by cutting down the preseason by one game. Right. But that doesn't make them any happier when you're adding another regular season game. And it, uh, in this climate that we're going through with this, with this pandemic – I, I it, it's a money grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with if you're adding games because you just talked about Major League Baseball condensing seasons, uh, and that's what other sports did outside the NFL. Now the NFL is adding. We're not out of the woods. Vaccinations are not. We're not done with this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're adding games, so that means you you want the money. You're adding whatever you lost last year in terms of not having fans in certain uh, cities and stadiums. They're just telling you we hurt. We need that money back. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to open it up to fans all across the league. Yeah. Here's the thing that I want to also bring up to guys is the amazing uh, hypocrisy in all of this safety for the players. Let's add a game, right? Uh, We want to respect women. 
Daniel Snyder is now 100% owner of the Washington football team. Like, there's no right. They make these huge proclamations, and then they sort of just step right back off of that and just say, "Yeah, well," and it really is all about the money. I mean, I'd rather have the commissioner. Nobody's going to do it, but I'd rather have people just say, "Yeah, it's all about the money." So, what are you going to do about it, mm-hmm. right? But you know what, Frank? What are you going to do? Those those owners cannot put Daniel Snyder to the fire for that because it opens their own Pandora's box. <laughs> Good boy. It's a, yeah, it's a billionaire you know, boys you had, And you know what? When Goodell was, Goodell was coming down on players hard, uh, didn't much happen. Ursay had a whole damn pharmacy in his car. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's true. You know, Robert Kraft, you know, he went to the strip mall, got a little that's handy. That's what it was. And Ursay you know, was the pills, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. DUIs. He, he had a whole CVS in his car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kraft had his little handy dandy, and you know, but that nothing happened. Handy dandy. <laughs> nothing happened. I but just saw Ursay. I just saw Ursay in like a commercial mm. about like some Goodwill commercial, and I and I was sitting there with Jen, my wife, and I'm like, this guy was just busted with all these drugs mm. not yeah. that long ago, and now he's a poster child for something good. I mean, I guess the. He, is he an inspiring turnaround? I don't know. I no, I don't he, get those vibes from Ursay. He's not. He's got money, and you can't do nothing with him. Same yeah. with Snyder. If if they put Snyder's feet to the fire on this issue, they are now opening their mm. own closet doors because he's not the only one. Right. Ursay's not the only one. Kraft is not the only one. So if you put <laughs> this man in front of the firing squad. You are opening up your own Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. And how many skeletons are in your closet? Yeah. And every single owner in the NFL or any league, they've got those same demons. If you think the players are wild, what do you think the people oh. are that sign the damn checks are? Oh, I bet you. Yeah. True. Uh, this week, Coach Ron Rivera, speaking of Washington football, said that uh, he may not be done bringing in uh, – Another quarterback right now, Fitzpatrick, is 1A, but there will be a competition. That's what he should have said last year, right? <laughs> you know what? But on NFL Network, uh, there was a fair point to that, and it was that he wanted to do that, but due to uh-huh. the pandemic. I don't know if it's, it's uh, Mike Garofalo. I don't want to mess his name up. I think I probably did already. Yeah, we know who you're talking about. Sure. Right. So follow. Due, to, yeah. due to the pandemic, uh, you didn't have your OTAs, you didn't have your preseason, and he probably wanted to do it then, but you didn't have it. So what did you have left? Mm-hmm. Just hand it to Haskins and see what happens. I don't think this is a real competition until the draft comes around, because I think they, when you talk about competition, they will draft the quarterback when they say they're not done. I don't know if you're talking about the second round, third round. Chi uh, loves Trask. I'm kind of warming up to Kellen Mond a little bit more than I was before. You might see him at 51 in the second round. Hmm. But I don't think they're going to dread. They're not going to. It's too no, much to trade up yeah. for any of the other guys. It's too much. Trey uh, Lance could fall. Could, I don't think could. he could. I, I doubt it. People may view him more as a project and could fall, and that would work right for Washington as somebody who does not need to start the, uh, a guy from number 19 spot immediately. But I, I doubt it, too. I'm just speculating. I think Trask would be more realistic. I think most of them, 
to me, outside of Trevor Lawrence, all of them uh, are some sort of a project. Mm. There's uh, nobody that you stick in to me that's pro radio right now. Maybe Fields more. is because he can immediately stretch eh. the field and does things athletically that if a play breaks down, he can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you 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 go to uh, was it the Alabama game? Yeah, I mean that's different. the best though against the but best. The yeah, best. but he looked different. He looked great the week before that. And also, yeah. Ohio. Let's be honest. Ohio State and Alabama, just like Duke basketball players, that are not always the best to translate into the pros. Yeah, that would scare me. Yeah, that would scare me. Like there is really yeah, has never been an Ohio that. State quarterback that succeeded. Has there? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Even the dude. I'm going through crazy. all of them. There, like, literally, hasn't been not. one. Uh. Yeah. Even Alabama, Tua is probably oh my goodness. you're hoping for that. Uh-huh. But then I mean, Mac the Jones Landry's could have scored over Tua. So what does that Landry's say? Landry's and McCarron's, and there's not a lot of success from that position. Mm-hmm. Those two uh, programs turn out great players, just not at the quarterback position. Switching gears. Ohio State has nobody. I, like, yeah. Frank no. Krenzel? No, no one. Like, literally <laughs> no one. Yeah, don't go there if you're a quarterback. You're going to go back to Kirk Herbstreet? <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, uh, switching gears, we've got the uh, Final Four this weekend. We're taping this on a Friday night. We've got Baylor and, uh, what, uh, Houston in one semifinal, Gonzaga. And UCLA is in the other one. Um, yep. I, I can't go against Gonzaga. This weekend, yeah. guys, I can't. Is this history? Is this the first team to, since they introduced the first four in to make it to the final four? It's uh, got to be the first. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's maybe, undefeated. I think it was VCU. No, no, no. I think VCU. UCLA. I think because they were in the first four in. Now they're in the final four. Don't quote me, but I think VCU did it ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Gonzaga looks like uh, you know they're they're the team to beat. And they could go undefeated for the first time since the late 70s, I believe. Indiana was the last that's, team to do that. That's the part that scares me, though. Right, that's the part, because UNLV was like, in the same spot 25 years ago. Yeah, years ago. I, and I think that Gonzaga is in the spot. They should cakewalk through this whole thing mm-hmm. to the national championship. But I think they will, but I don't want to jinx them because I'm getting vibes of uh, New England, perfect mm-hmm. season didn't get beat by the Giants. Like, I'm thinking they might mow through UCLA, who has – they've overachieved. They, they've no done good. No but they're like – you said VCU, George Mason, they might have reached as far as they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And they might just roll through them. But then if Houston or Baylor, they might come in. You have your perfect season, and on that Monday night, you mm-hmm. come up short. I don't want to jinx them. But I just had this feeling that when you have that sort of a season going and you have history in the making, that's the sort of fluky stuff that happens. And Baylor, I think, could Mick match Cronin up with them. Is a, yeah. I'll just say this. Sorry to interrupt, Frank. No, Mick okay. Cronin is an outstanding head coach, making, uh, making his opponent play to his pace. I mean, oh, yeah. you and I were talking about how we liked the over in the second half of that game, and I just – 
kind of was rethinking to myself. I'm like, wait a second. I don't see how 72 points get scored here when Mick Cronin's UCLA Bruins will make the play to the shot clock is over and will do the same thing offensively. They want to play slow mm-hmm. and they can slow down Gonzaga maybe. I don't think that they win, but I think that they will make this a competitive game by just slowing it down. And here's here's a, a, the strange uh, analysis I'll give you since it's being played in the same place. Like that anxiety, I think, will probably lessen because you're in the same spot yeah. now for a couple of weeks. So it's not like you're, you've gone on a plane, you think about this over and over again. Like you're in your spot. And I think that gives Gonzaga an advantage to not yeah. have performance anxiety. Could be crazy. They've, but been, they've been there for weeks. Been there. You know, it, it's like the playoffs last year in the NBA bubble. You've been there. Yes. <laughs> there are some fans. Crowd there, isn't a bigger factor. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. The pressure is definitely off. Because you're not going to have 30,000 people in a dome watching you play. Uh, so that goes no, down tomorrow. Not in a place, that you're not un- mm-hmm. a place that you're not familiar mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You've been in this same spot for weeks now. For weeks. You, yeah. you know the rim. You know every. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what spot on the bench you want to sit at everything. <laughs> you have the certain angles. Every, everything is yeah. there. And it's almost mm-hmm. like it's a home away from home for these teams now. So when you're the more superior team – and you have that comfort, yeah. that doesn't necessarily bode well for UCLA. All right, guys, before we go, um, the Wizards still are not very good. They stink. They should just blow it all up. I mean, it's just I can't deal. Capitals, you know, they're going to be fine come playoff time. Uh, before we jet, final thoughts. Gian? Uh, so to piggyback off of the Final Four conversation real quick, just with the Baylor-Houston game, I don't see Houston being able to keep up as well. Baylor is just a team that when they aren't hitting threes, they are able to score in the paint. We saw that in their Elite Eight contest. What were they, 3 of 18 against mm-hmm. Villanova at one point? They just turned on the defense and was able to score inside, so they can beat you so many different ways. So I do think it's going to be Baylor and Gonzaga, the two best teams, and I think that's what you know most people do want to see. Um, Wizards, final thoughts. They seem to uh, – so, so here's what I was thinking when they lost the Pistons last night. That, that's one team they seem to dominate. Do you many times – so on uh, Martin Luther King Day, they always seem to play the Detroit Pistons. I know because I go every time, or at least I used to go all the time. And I would always bet the Wizards because I knew that they would beat the Pistons' ass every time, and they always would. And when they lost 120 to 91 the other night, I'm like, what is happening with this roster? And, Mm -hmm. like, they're better than than Detroit. It's just what is not clicking for them at this point of the season? Why does Russell Westbrook put up these gaudy numbers and, like, they still don't win sometimes? Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, just blow it up. It's over. Just just blow it up. All right, Jamal, final thoughts, buddy. She, you know, I've been saying this for years. When banging the table, Scott Brooks should not be here any further. Uh, it's frustrating because you have a coach that A, does not develop talent. No. Uh, he, he looks like he picks names out of a hat randomly uh, for his lineups every night. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. You have players, you know, you got rid of two players young players and Troy Brown Jr. and Mo Wagner that have upside. He just doesn't know what the hell to do with them. Nothing. Don't be surprised that Troy actually played well the other night in Chicago, who also now has Sadoransky that we gave up on him too. 
Mo will find his way in Boston. These are two players that have upside, but you have to find a way to use them and give them a consistent role. What did you get for them? Two younger players who are even more projects. And yes, Gafford has been exciting and whatever else. That's probably going to be all it is until Brooks is gone because he can what is he, he can't develop him. No. You're looking at a guy that had no. three eventual MVPs of the league. Did Westbrook, Durant, and Harden get that good because of him? No. They're just that damn good. They're just damn good. Yeah, that's a good point. Dude. They're just that good. Yeah. So you, you you look at what he's doing. You're not you have you're gonna have a continual in and out flow of young players, and you're just gonna trade them all away mm-hmm. because you don't know what to do with. Don't them. Don't know what to do with them. All right, you guys. have a versatile player in Brown. Yeah, you can use most. He has no clue. And Denny, people Denny. are calling Denny a bust already. You are using him the wrong way. Yeah. Well, they certainly got to figure things out moving forward, and uh, changes are going to be coming in the offseason if and when <laughs> they don't make the uh, playoffs. All right, guys, thanks for checking us out here on the DMV Sports Roundtable podcast with Chris Chion, Jamal Bowens, I'm Frank Hanran. We'll see you soon.